0: People cannot afford to eat. And that's not my take on the situation. That comes from the outgoing CFO of global food conglomerate, Nestle. And even though the guy has three first names, we should take what he says seriously. And those three first names are Francois Javier Roger. And he said yesterday at a conference, people are consuming less or they're eating less, or they're wasting less, or they're eating more out of home because they cannot afford the economic circumstances as they are today. And they're about to get a whole bunch worse with oil prices rising yet again. And we know it's gonna get worse because not just oil prices, but more so how consumer price expectations, business price expectations, even market price expectations, not to mention consumer prices and producer prices themselves, they're all completely ignoring this surge in oil. They're acting as if they're focused on a different set of circumstances than the contribution of oil prices to more inflation, quote unquote. Instead, As oil rises, it only inflicts more pain on an economy that as the three first named guys said, we cannot afford to absorb. And what's gone on in the oil market just recently just punctuates how difficult the circumstances are getting to be. Not only are oil prices rising up across the world, the WTI futures curve, for example, that one has blown out in terms of backwardation. Supply has taken over, thanks to our good friends in Saudi Arabia, as the dominant factor in oil. Supply has meant dwindling inventories around the world, even more so than lackluster demand. And so oil prices rise and the WTI futures curve blew out in backwardation. Just incredible stuff over the past week. Major increase in backwardation. The front single month spread, so the front contract compared to the first contract next to it, that shot up from 62 cents on September 20th to 236 a week later. And it's 212 again today. The three month calendar spread, which is an important indication, that one blew way out from already pretty high two dollars and 26 cents on the 14th. It was up to 470 by the 22nd and 632 as of wednesday and then yesterday back down only a little bit to 573 these are shapes of the curve these are changes on the wti curve that we last saw really in march in april in may of 2022 in the big oil price surge back then but unlike then the economic circumstances right now are very different because as i talked about yesterday As we can see clearly in U.S. GDP, the global economy hit a wall as oil prices surged in the first part of 2022. It was a complete paradigm shift, which led us into this condition where we're worrying about if people can afford food. What happened to the red-hot economy of just a couple years ago? Well, oil prices started the job, and it looks as if right now oil is about to finish it too. That's why consumer prices and consumer price expectations are ignoring oil and we have so much data all over the world that's telling us the worst is about to be unleashed. But if we're not seeing inflation and inflation expectations or consumer price expectations all across the global economy, then why are bond yields going up? Well, the answer is something I've talked about several times recently at our deep dive analysis at Eurodollar University. It's called, or I call it the September effect. Maybe other people will call it that too because it's not really insightful. Instead, the insight is, is in realizing that this is a global phenomenon. It's not just US treasuries. It's also Germany. It's also Italy. It's also Japanese bonds. What is it that unites all of those and what's really going on during these September effect periods? What does the data say? What does the evidence? That's what the deep dive analysis is all about. Diving deep into these hidden secrets in money and macro all at Eurodollar University, research subscriptions, check us out at their website, eurodollar.university. So moving beyond the September effect in bonds, instead looking at the disinflation and even deflation that keeps showing up across the entire global economy, it just reinforces the notion that Mr. Nestle or the three named guy was saying at the, as, as I mentioned at the beginning, that people are really struggling and they were struggling even before we got to August, September oil price surge. But now that we have the oil price surge, it's interesting, in fact, it's, it's critically interesting, critically important to realize why that's, that's, why consumer price expectations and even the consumer price numbers themselves aren't really reflecting oil prices, not certainly not in the way that they had in the first time around, March and April and May of 2022. We had a massive surge in oil, but also a massive surge that was corresponding with other prices. Now we've got oil prices going up, and as Francois Javier Rogers said, we can't even afford to eat. It's making a bad situation that much worse, and we can see that in all of our numbers. Let's start with the USPCE deflator. First of all, the headline numbers, all the numbers, they were revised by the BEA, so we have a little bit different, um, little bit different estimates than we did when we were working with before. In fact, they raised the level of consumer prices in 2021 and 2022. So, for example. Now that we get to the most recent numbers, May is it was 3.77% year over year. Now it's 396. June, which was 296, under 3%. Now it's 320. July's number was 328% year over year. Now that's 3.4. So the BEA raised its past consumer price numbers just a little bit, but it doesn't matter. In recent months, what we see is for August, which is the latest update, August PC deflator was up just 0.39%. That's month over month. And that was despite the fact that in August, oil prices were up. Gasoline prices were up pretty big compared to 0.21 in July and 0.17% in June and 0.11% back in May. So oil prices are contributing to headline consumer prices, but not all that much. The year over year change for... The month of August, 3.48%. That's only up a little bit from uh, July's 3.40%. So despite the increase in uh, global crude prices and gasoline, it's not really getting into the full set of consumer price measures. And the big one from the PC deflator was likely the core number. The core rate, remember we've been talking, uh, central bankers have been making a big deal out of core numbers. All year up until just recently, the core rates—even these are the revised statistics—that had been uh, that had gained zero point two nine percent back in May. That was a step down, and then June zero point one seven percent. That was the first of the disinflationary core rates. Then July zero point two two percent. So another one two in a row. Jay Powell even referenced that, and then the latest number for August zero point one four percent, which is the least. Lowest monthly change since November of 2020. So three months in a row now, the core PCE deflator is suggesting disinflation. And when you do the math here, that comes out to an annual rate of about 2.2%, which is right around the Fed's target. Not that we care all that much about the Fed's target, but it just goes to show that consumer prices, even in the core bucket, are falling down too. They are coming down, and it's not just base effects. It's actually because of people can't afford to eat. They can't afford to shop, and they sure as hell aren't going to be able to afford much with oil prices and gasoline going back up yet again. And people, and by people, we're talking about consumers. Consumers know it. That's why, the, for example, the University of Michigan survey of consumer price expectations in the month of September, which were just revised, And they were revised up a little bit from their preliminary estimates, but the one-year expectation in September was just 3.2%. That was down from 3.5% in August, again, despite oil prices and gasoline. Consumers can see what's going on, and they're not focusing on gasoline as as if it's going to be inflationary. They're focused elsewhere on, am I going to be able to afford anything? The five-year expectation, they originally uh, that was announced at 2.7%. It's up to 2.8% in the more complete data, but still that's down to from August 3.0%. So again, consumers are like markets looking at oil prices and thinking this isn't going to go well. In markets, we look at the tip's break-even rates, and that's what tips have been saying ever since oil started to surge a a couple months back when Saudi Arabia decided they were going to screw everybody by restricting production. So Saudi Arabia, supply, oil prices go up, but consumer, longer and medium-term, market-based consumer price expectations have remained relatively constant. Because the market knows, like consumers know, like Mr. Nestle knows, this is not going to end well. And it's not gonna end with more inflation or more consumer price pressures. It's not gonna end with inflation or more consumer price pressures. It's gonna end with what we're seeing really start to advance in Europe and especially Germany. So let's take our attention over there. Let's get into some more consumer price numbers. The Europeans just announced the preliminary estimates for the month of September. Their HICP, or the Harmonized Index of Consumer Prices, and despite oil prices, again, I'm going to say say that throughout this video here, despite oil prices, the headline HICP for the month of September month over month was just 0.33% compared to 0.55%. Now that's still too high, but it represents another month that suggests more disinflation compared to the period just prior to it. And it's more disinflation despite what's happening in global crude prices. Year over year, the HICP across, remember this is all of Europe in September, 4.3% down from 5.2%. Some of that was base effects, but some of that's also this disinflation. And that's the lowest year over year rate since October, 2021. The core rate, the core HICP for Europe, 0.26% month over month. That's down from 0.34%. And more importantly, like the core PCE deflated in the US, the core HICP in Europe finally broke out of its range. It had been stuck around 5.3 by 5.4% year over year for many months in a row. It just broke down to 4.5% year over year, which is the lowest since 2022. So core prices are starting to soften. Overall, consumer prices aren't really picking up much on oil or they are picking up on oil, but they're also picking up more disinflation, if not a little bit of deflation in other parts of the consumer experience. And we can really see these negative effects in Germany. Germany, the bellwether, Germany, the leading indicator, Germany, the cautionary tale about premature celebrations over soft landings, because remember, They said they were gonna avoid recession and it continues to get worse and worse in Germany. And by worse and worse, that starts with consumer price numbers that are actually getting better. Again, as we've said all along here, consumer prices coming down sounds like good news and it would be good news if they were doing so for positive reasons, just some kind of natural organic trend, but that's not what's happening and it's not rate hikes either. As I said in the introduction, The entire global economy slammed into the wall of oil prices in February and March and April and May of 2022, and it hasn't been the same since. We've been sent spiraling on the road to, in Germany, already recession, and one that is likely to get a lot worse. And we know it's likely to get a lot lot worse because the consumer price and producer price numbers continue to tell us that. So... On Thursday, the Germans reported on their CPI, not the core CPI, just the CPI, preliminary estimates for September. The year-over-year rate was 4.5%, which was down from 6.1% year-over-year in August, and that's the lowest since February of 2022. The month-over-month change was just 0.3%, which was the fourth consecutive month at that rate, again, despite oil prices in August and September. So while it's still too high, it is is also disinflationary compared to the previous period, where Germany is transitioning from consumer prices that were stubborn in an economy heading into recession to now an economy that's more into recession and finally breaking the back of consumer prices. And we can see that especially in German producer prices, something we've talked about continuously too. Because... Producer prices have told us all along to expect the same disinflation, if not deflation, that we're seeing in producer prices. And in Germany, which is the furthest one down the road toward this recessionary, deflationary recession ending, German producer prices continue to send very distressing signals. The PPI, this is for the month of August, the PPI was actually positive because it did pick up on oil prices, but it was only 0.3% month over month. That followed three consecutive months of declines. The year-over-year rate was minus 12.6%, but that's that's also base effects as well as this, this, this de- deflation that's really digging in in Germany. And you can see that when you look at the PPI X Energy. Excluding energy prices from producer prices, you've got four consecutive months that were the largest monthly declines since 2009. Four consecutive months that were the largest monthly declines, deflation, in non-energy producer prices since 2009. Suggesting as a lot of other data that we've covered here on this channel, the European, the German economy, the global economy really started to roll over and get into really serious trouble during the summertime. We've seen that continuously, and now we've got oil prices that are really going to make life even more miserable. And one final note on Germany's PPI, the PPI strictly for consumer prices, that one declined by 0.3%, the first decline in this segment of producer prices since December 2020. So again, growing disinflation, growing deflation, growing trouble, not just in Germany, but all around the world. And that was before we get to oil prices, which are intent apparently on finishing the job that they started way back in early part of 2022, which was they sent not a red hot economy, but a struggling economy that was struggling with the supply shock effects. It sent that struggling economy into a tailspin that sent some economies like Germany into recession pretty quickly, and Europe too, sent others into what looked like a soft landing for a while. But more and more, we see that consumer prices back up Mr. Nestle, Roger Javier, no, Francis Javier Roger, the three first names, just got to get them in the right order. They back up what he was saying. People can't afford to eat, and they can't afford to eat because the economy is in serious trouble. And if they can't afford to eat and oil prices go up, that trouble isn't more inflation, it's looming deflation and recession. If you want to know more about the struggles going on in Europe and what that means for everyone inside as well as outside of Europe, check out the video below me. As always, I thank you very much for joining me. Huge thank you, Yuridala University subscribers, Yuridala University members, some of whom you've seen right next to me. And until next time, take care.